Thanks, Clinton. Um, I believe he is, um, we just had a bit of a debate whether I'm carrying the pulpit up, and he was adamant that he was going to bring it. So we can watch him do that this morning. <laughs> Servant leadership on display. And um, so good. And there's a story behind this, actually. If you, if we, you weren't here last week, um, go and ask Clinton about that. But the community actually decided to make this for us, people who work and serve here um, in a partnership, and they decided they needed to be a cross, which is great. They're not Christian, but they know it's a church. They made us, and there's a cross. So the, the story's better when Clinton tells it, but, um, but anyway, um, it's great to be with you. And for those that have invited us for, for dinner or lunch or coffee, thank you so much, because um, we've been hearing great stories, and we've been seeing a great sense of enthusiasm um, in this community which is very encouraging. And, and so just to honor those that have been before, and there's obviously a legacy in this church that have come for a long time. A lot of people have, have had blood, sweat, and tears poured into this place. Uh, but there is fruit today, and you can see that just from the outside looking in and becoming part of this. And whoever you are, if you've been here for, for more than 10 years, um, I just want to thank you. And thank you for the privilege, Clinton, this morning that I could share uh, we are getting to know each other good as friends, uh, but we are originally from South Africa. We moved to the UK, New Zealand, Melbourne, and now we are here in Brisbane. And um, so it's wonderful. We, we feel like we've landed. It feels like home. Uh, the kids love it. They're swimming, and the, we're more active than ever. That's what I want to say. And part of it is, um, is that it's quite hot, so you have to be active. I think I'm going to lose a lot of weight here in Brisbane. I really am. So pray for me in that process. Um, but this morning, we're continuing on a series called Upstream Habits, and I have the privilege to do the last one. And so if you've missed anything, please go online, go and find the sermons and go and listen to them. It's been inspiring, and, um, and hopefully I can do it on a, this morning as we continue. I have a little story of my own about Upstream Habits. I actually have two. I'll see how I go. But the first one was a couple of years ago. We visited, um, which is now our country of citizenship, New Zealand, for a wedding. And so me and my wife went away. You can just keep it on that photo. And we decided just, you know, by the by that we're going to try and kayak or canoe or whatever. It's kayak, right? And so just because I don't even know that, you know, this isn't going to go well. So we, we went to this little river um, that goes into a river mount into the ocean and it was very romantic and beautiful and everything. And so we decided we're going to hire kayaks, but but not from the professional kayak shop where they fit them for you. Just down the road, there's a little a guy with a couple of kayaks under a tree. And uh, no fitting or anything. <laughs> We're just gonna, they're cheap, right? So we took a kayak. We decided to go, and it was beautiful. We took lunch. We took a camera. Uh, I think we kissed once, like on our way. It's me and my wife, anyway. So we went down the river, and we had lunch. We took a few photos. This is one of them in the beginning. I still look fresh. And you can see there from the athletic physique that this wasn't even going to be a hard workout. But little did I know that this was going downriver. It was quick. We were there in five minutes or ten minutes. And we had lunch. We were like celebrating. What a beautiful country. And anyway, so then we decide we're going to go back. And we're each in our own little kayak. Uh, the next photo is of my, of my wife, Corinda, for those that don't know her. She has not approved this photo. I took a risk. <laughs> anyway. And so she starts off, and she goes up, and she's incredibly determined. So if you get to know her over time, she's a redhead, and she's very determined. And when she's in a challenge moment like that, she just powers up. 
her level of intensity rises. It's hard to believe when you get to know her, but she actually gets more intense. And so she just powers up, and she was struggling as I was going upriver, but she just went for it. So it wasn't long before she disappeared around the corner, and I was left on my own. And so really good for my prayer life. So I start paddling, but the back end of my kayak starts sinking. I get water, and I feel like I'm paddling like that. The top of the kayak's up in the air uh, with my little arms. And um, eventually, I'm so off balance, and I'm so exhausted, I just fall in, right? And so I'm walking upstream with my kayak, and, and there's, it's nice, nice and soft. There's mud and everything, but in between the mud, there are these shoots, these, these sticks that grow out that have broken off over time, or what do you call it? Like, yes. And so um, I, my little baby, little baby feet um, are on them, and they start cutting me, and and, I start, and it's painful. <laughs> it's really, really painful. So I'm trying to walk on these. I'm going, and as I do, guys are coming downriver. And they're seeing that something's not great. I mean, you're not supposed to walk upriver. And so they ask, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, mate, I'm good. I'm just taking a rest. And, you know, it's, and so, and every time they do that, I'm not taking in help. People want to help me. I don't want to. And my ego <laughs> keeps me in trouble. And actually, the best thing I could have done was to walk to the side, leave my kayak, and just walk the two or three k's up the road. But my ego kept me in the water. Eventually, my worst fears realized because my wife paddled back. She saw that I wasn't there. She raised the alarm. Like, people came, and in New Zealand, like, everyone's in. The whole town's aware in this town. And, and so everyone's there, and this, this older gentleman, Probably he's, he's in retirement age, but he knows his kayak. He comes down with a rope and his kayak, and he helps me, and he pulls me. I'm laying on top of the kayak, and he pulls me back up to the top. It's so embarrassing. And so when we get there, there's about 30 people. Um, felt like 100 people. <laughs> Just super concerned. I roll out of the kayak, and I walk. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. It's so terrible, and I'll never kayak again. <laughs> my kayak was way too small well, one of the key things that stood out from that story apart from we know all that it's hard to go upstream much harder to then to go downstream and this is for life as well is that sometimes you just need help you need community you need people around you I can't do it on my own um, and I need to be in a small group I need to be in a faith community where people can actually help me that when I make this decision to go upstream that I'm not on my own, because the, the, the impact of doing things on my own is way less than the impact of doing life and doing things with other people. And so that was a little life lesson. Um, and so what a wonderful series as we challenge these things. L following Jesus is an upstream life. He, he brought something that was super countercultural, and till today it is, to, to not be focused on yourself is countercultural. The whole world tells you, and, and believe me, I love malls. Do you have a witness here? Anyone here who loves malls? Shopping centers. Yes, Chermside is my new friend. I think we've been there six or seven times in three weeks. Uh, but that whole place is created and designed to satisfy something in me. It's all about my satisfaction. Free coffee so that I can have the best coffee machine. Um, free, you know, food and, 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 and clothing and things that can alter how I feel about myself. It's a, it's a modern-day cathedral made to, to feed your self-awareness. And so um, we, we like a little bit of that. I like it because there are people there. 
And I've, I've come to a revelation that God loves people and that He loves to be among them. And so we place ourselves in a position where we can do that. Um, but the world is very much geared towards creating habits that are centered on yourself. We want upstream habits where we go back to what Jesus has called us. And what we find is, is that actually that is what we've been designed for. Um, that, that there are fish that are created to swim upstream. And so part of your design is you have the capacity. And so Luke 22 verse 39 is the core scripture of the series, and it speaks about Jesus. And he, Jesus, came out and went, as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. He went for prayer. Jesus had habits. He had habits of spending time with the Father in his presence, hearing, listening, engaging. Jesus was a man of habits. Um, but it was countercultural. Romans 6.4 makes it more personal, where it says, We have therefore been buried with Him through baptism into death. So just as Christ was raised from the dead, though, uh, through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life. And so our process of, of being real with ourselves, our process of confession, our process of repentance, is a constant awareness where we remind ourselves of who we really are. And Pastor Clinton asked us last week, he had this one question, it was a take-home for us, ask yourself, what breaks my heart? And knowing you guys are super dedicated, I know you spend time in the week, but did you ask yourself that question? What breaks my heart? What breaks my heart? So without showing hands, I hope you did. I hope... I hope that every time we come together, there is something that you take home and engage. That it's not just a moment where we entertain each other or spend the morning together, but that there's a, a beautiful thing that you take home. And I see a lot of head nodding, so okay, you asked yourself, wonderful. Um, I'm going to drop a few one-liners today that will make sense at the end. And one of them is to say that you are a divine reflection. You are a divine Reflection. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and you said, man, I'm divine. I'm so divine. We don't, we don't use that. We use it for chocolates. It was a divine chocolate. <laughs> but there's something special and divine about you. Um, and in fact, I've, I've come to a, this revelation that God is mindful of you. You're on His mind. Are you mindful of that? <laughs> are you aware that God is focused on you? But not just individually, collectively. And that God is not dead, but He lives in you. Christ in me is the pin code to Scripture. God is not dead, but He lives in you. There's a beautiful movie that I want to watch every year, but I often don't. And most of you would have seen it. It's called The Lion King. Is this now a retro movie? Is this like back in the day we watched The Lion King? No? It's still there? Okay. Kids still watch The Lion King? Okay, I'm waiting for the second Lion King. I think, I don't know if one's coming. Okay, this year one's coming. Okay. But The Lion King has one moment in where when we think about God living inside of us, God empowering us, um, us living a life of calling and purpose, us living an upstream life, it has a moment uh, of transition where, where Simba... Um, changes his mind. Things shift for him when he starts seeing himself in a different light. And we're quickly going to watch a little bit of that. Is that okay? And then we'll talk about it. And I want to ask you a few questions following this, but we've all found ourselves in this place um, as he does in this moment. Thank you.
Oh, sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. Bye. Hey, wait. You know my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope, wrong again. <laughs> He's alive, and I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way. Come on. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No! Look hard. You see? He lives in you. So, so many things. <laughs> um, firstly, I love Rafiki. What a guy. And he's such a pastor as well, because he calls him, he challenges him. He's like, come on, quick, quick. <laughs> and, and then he, he gives him this moment where Simba has this revelation. But just before this, Simba was, he was in the lagoon with Timon and Pumbaa. Come on. And, and some of us have friends like Timon and Puma. And so we just eat fruit and berries, and, and, and there's a result to that. But we live downstream lives often because of the people we hang out with. And, and we forget that there is a calling that's higher to our own pleasure. We forget that there's something 
for us to do in this world as representatives of the King of Kings. This morning we sang the song about the Lion of Judah. And every time I sing that song, I feel so, um, so inadequate in my worship often because we are singing of this incredible force that created heaven and earth and a father that is now intimately acquainted with his creations. And I always feel like I'm singing the song, but it's just my lips. What am I doing with my life? <coughs> what is the effect of this moment when I see myself as God sees me? How is it going to affect my world? And today as we focus on making a difference, I hope and I pray that you have a mirror moment like that, where you see yourself as God sees you, and then it doesn't stop there. It's not the point, right? It's not about just making you feel better. The good news is not just for you as an individual. The good news is for us as a humanity, the good news has implications and applications for our street and our neighborhood and our school and our family. Actually, our real our neighbor, our actual neighbor. There needs to be implications when our neighbor finds out that we are Christians and that we believe in the, the good news that Christ is with us and in us and for us. It has, has to have an effect on the people around us and in our lives. And so, as we focus on making a difference, and so Simba turns around and he goes back to where he needs to be, and he takes hold of who he already is. And in a lot of ways, what we do when we do ministry is we're doing a role like Rafiki, where we're helping the amnesiacs remember who they are. We're not giving you a revelation of something that you are not. We are sharing something with you that is deeply seated in your design. And so when something resonates, it's because the Holy Spirit brings it to remembrance. Am I right? He brings it to remember. You, you don't have this brand new, I've got this fresh revelation. <laughs> I'm like, hello. <laughs> you are actually just remembering something of your design. And that's the beauty in children. There's almost this, this incredible innocence that they portray in their excitement of life. They haven't been hampered, they haven't been hurt, they haven't been bent in the way they see themselves. So they just believe that they can do anything. And then life comes and it, it breaks them in, and then they forget. And so our task is, as leaders, Pastor Clinton, you're, you are a Rafiki. It's your new nickname. <laughs> but it is our, all of our role is to help each other remember who we truly are. Are. There's one scripture really that I want to focus on today, and it's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12, and it speaks of this mirror moment, and it says, we don't yet see things clearly, BC. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, come on Old Testament, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, we'll see it as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly just as He knows us. It will be like a mirror experience. And in the mirror translation, it says, there was a time, same scripture, of suspense, when everything we saw was merely mirrored in the prophetic word, like an enigma. But then I gaze face to face, that I may know me even as I have always been known. The first step on our journey, just to rehash, is to know God. And when we know God, we start to know 
ourselves because we are a reflection of Him. Three ways we can mirror the Father this morning. For those making notes, sort of have to. We have to have three points. Number one, we mirror God in our opinion. One of the great revelations is to know that, yes, Jesus died for you, but He also died as you. And in John 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and eventually it comes to a place where it says the Word moved into the neighborhood in the message. What that word word is logos, which is the very opinion of God, is Jesus the Christ. If you want to know what God thinks about you, it's Jesus. Jesus is God's opinion of you. Isn't that good news? It's not your performance. It's not how you look on the outside. It's not how you appear to be. It's who you truly are. Jesus is God's opinion. And if Jesus is God's opinion, what should our opinion be? Jesus. So when we look at other people and we look at making a difference in this world, there is no uh, other lens you could use when you look at someone who does not know God than to look at them like God looks at them, like Jesus. Right? So when, when there's someone drug-affected in our neighborhood, we have to look at them. Our opinion of them cannot be lesser than Jesus the Christ. And in a way, they are the least of these. So what we do with them, we are doing to Jesus. Is that not Christian? <laughs> it's what Jesus says. Is however you act with these people that do not know me, you are directly doing to me. So, so if, if Jesus could pick a job in our local school, would he be the principal or would he be the cleaner? Come on, I think some of us think he should be the principal with the vision and the mandate and the leadership and the tie and the desk and the chair? <laughs> or, or would he hide in the cleaner? Would he hide in someone that people would not think would be his sense of authority? Would he position himself amongst the poor in our community? Yes, he would. He'd sit with them. He'd live in them. He is with them. And so whenever we do that, we have to have the opinion of the Father over other people. You see, you are made in the image and likeness of God, not just to look like Him in image, because we can do that. We're really good at doing that. We, we like to look like Jesus. Some of us here look, literally look like Jesus. I'm, there's a couple of Jesuses walking around here, beautiful long hair, because Jesus was white, and He wore jandals, hey? And he, was, he smiled all the time. Great. But you're to be like Him, not just look like Him. And so one of my prayers in my own life is that there would be congruence, that there would be a flow to what I believe and what I do, to the revelation I have of knowing God, where I can actually experience Him to find freedom and to find purpose, but then when I can make a difference, just as Jesus said, you will do more than I, and I can be like Him. Just that one connection. And my prayer is that I wouldn't preach anything in this place, and I know it's the same for our leaders here, that we wouldn't actually experience in real life. I'm telling you, it's going to be pretty limited. <laughs> We're not going to share a lot. It's going to be a simple message. But if we can only just do what we believe and what we say and what we proclaim, it starts with simple things like simple but not easy forgiveness, loving our neighbor as ourself. These are challenging things. But may we be a community that reflects accurately 
what we say and what we do. Faith in action. Number two is that we would actually experience it. One of the great things the last couple of weeks coming into this team is that there is a, a real sense of joy and excitement. But, and maybe just, okay, it's difficult not to read something, but you've just read it. I'll come to that point now. But what, what if we could actually have joy in our life as Christians? What if it's not always, and we have moments of introspection, right, where you're so happy that you cry. Okay, we have that often, and that's fine. But what if we could actually manifest a sense of victory and joy and excitement? What if our workplace could be a place where when we go to there on Monday, we're actually excited to be there because God has something for us to do, because lives can change and I'm engaging with people where it's not just a sad and a solemn occasion <laughs> where we're waiting for the next bout of depression and anxiety. And I'm not downplaying that in any way this morning. Please hear my heart. But if we, if we believe what we say we believe, it has to have an effect in our lives. It's fruit. And so as we culminate this morning, may we just have the same opinion as God, but, but may we also have the same experience as Him. And I think of Jesus at His first miracle where He turned what? Into what a guy. I mean, if you, if you want to be the hero at a party, like He was that. And I am pulling it through to this life because it is relevant. Okay, but are you, are you a party pooper? I'm, I'm, this is a serious question. It's deeply spiritual. But do you suck the life out of a place? Are you a drain or are you a fountain of living water? Don't get stuck on that word. Come back. <laughs> are, are you a drain or are you a fountain? And I believe our experience is vital. Because what I experience here in my inner sanctum is what I live out in this world. One of my good friends, which you've already read there, Jared McKenna, he tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. He said, what if I could confess in public and do good in private? Come on. What if I could confess my weaknesses, my challenges, the reality of my life in public, but in good I do private? We're very good at the other side around. We're, we're good at doing good things in public. It's how it looks and how it presents, and this is what Christians should do. We're not so good in doing that in private. Don't have to put up your hand. In fact, this week, I, I had moments where I lost my temper, where I raised my voice. We bought school bags and clothes. We, we bought all our, our girls' stuff this week. We're getting ready for school. There was moments of tension. Our car broke just before we had to do all those other things. I, I had moments where I lost it. I was like, if I could just, I don't have a punching bag. If I could just put a punching bag in my garage, I need to get, I had moments of that. Anyone else? I had moments where I, where I, where I wasn't as good as I could be with my wife, who's sitting here today. And she's, she's nodding. She's like, yes, preach. Now you're preaching. May the truth be revealed. <laughs> I had moments where I was irritated by my children and my family. See, we have to challenge this notion 
that we cannot just appear beautiful on the outside, but on the inside we are rotting away, that God challenges us that this is an inside-out life transformation, and it is countercultural and it is upstream, that whatever we experience here, we're going to reflect to the outside, that it's going to go so well on the inside that I cannot help or contain myself, that the news is going to spread, that it'll go well on the outside. What if we could... What if we could do similar things in, in similar ways? What if we could speak up in public and bless in private? You know that person you have an issue with? Don't look at them. Don't hit them in the ribs this morning. Might be very close to you. What if you could bless them in private and speak up against what they do in public? What if you could raise your issues on a public platform instead of just going home and marinating? in your negativity. <laughs> we're, we're Christians. We don't do that. It's just a local church. We don't have any of that. What, what, what if we could actually raise our concerns with the person we have an issue with instead of taking it home and letting it rot us from the inside out? What if we could love others as ourselves? So our experience is vitally important. Our opinion is like God's. Our experience is like Jesus, because it helps us from the inside out. But thirdly, and I'm rounding off this morning, but that our expression, that, that what we get known for to make a difference in our world, reflects Jesus. 1 John 2 verse 7 and 8 says, everything that is true of Him, Jesus the Christ, is equally true of you. Jesus isn't an example for you, but of you. And so if this can now live itself out in our world, and you'll see this rhythm, you see, because it's, it's, in, it's in our vision, it's in what we want to see happen, is that people would know God, they would find freedom, they would find purpose, and that they would make a difference. And this is a biblical rhythm that goes through most of Scripture. In fact, you'll see it in Exodus, but you'll see it in Ephesians. As you go through these moments of revelation, there's an outworking that plays out of that. And I have one question that's a bit of a picture for you. If you haven't had enough pictures that have brought you distress this morning, think about this one. We had an agricultural example a couple of weeks ago about the cows. You can remember that? So good. Um, I have one this morning about fruit trees. Have you ever seen a constipated fruit tree? I mean, genuinely. Have you, have you ever seen, have you driven past a peach tree, being a peach tree, and, and seen him squeeze out the peaches. You're all going to go and buy peaches this afternoon. Have you seen a tomato tree try and, and get rid of its tomatoes? Have you, have you ever seen? You're with me. You're still with me. Have you ever seen an apple tree? Have you ever seen a fruit tree constipated? No. It's just fruit. <laughs> it just flows. It just it comes out of it. It is what it's been designed for. I'm bringing you back. It's, it's getting deep again. Come on. You, you are. <laughs> it's not deep anymore. It's coming to the surface. You see, if you truly reflect your design, these things won't be hard. And as we, as we look to make a difference in our community, I'm so excited because I don't have to come up with a plan and neither does Clinton. And we don't have to have this new strategy with a beautiful flavor and action plan. And we can say, let's go back. And remember, the gospel, what God thinks of us, His opinion of us, 
Come on, the experience that flows from the opinion that the Father has and then to an expression that says, come on, human beings, you don't have to be a human doing. Just be yourself fully. That's our challenge, is to find the gold in you, the thing that calls you, and I call it your thing. Have you ever met someone and you just see them come alive when they talk about something? I call it their thing. It's their thing. What's your thing? <laughs> and you see their eyes lit up, and you see them getting excited, and then it's as if they come back and they go to a reality check where they're like, oh, you know, I'm never going to do that. I, I, I'm actually a painter at heart. I love to express myself, but you know, I don't have time. Or there's this, or there's that, or these priorities. Come on, if your priority could be to be yourself fully. I'd rather have a group of 50 people that are themselves fully than have a thousand. I'd rather be in a place where we can confess in public and do good in private. We don't have to put up a show that things are going great, but that the reality of how great it is going in our lives is an outflow of that very truth. And so, to round off this morning, and I really am, our habit of making a difference is asking a question and then the response this morning. Would our neighbor, workplace, street, suburb, miss us if we're gone? Sorry for the... I've made it shorter. Would they? I mean, if I got your address, and I have ways to do that, <laughs> and we did a home visit... And before I come into your house, we don't really do that anymore, do we? The small group leaders are going to do that. Just recalibrating. Can't visit everybody. Love to. But, and I come to your house, but before I go into your door, I decide, whoa, 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 I'm just going to go next door. You can see me doing that, and I'll be like, hi. <laughs> so you know, you know Tyler next door. How is she? How is she as a neighbor? I mean, do you know that Tyler lives next to you? You probably do. She can't hold back. She's very expressive. And, but would they know your name? You see, when we talk about making a difference, it's always this big stuff, right? We're going to shift the nation. <laughs> Come on. I feel like I need a, um, my um, T.D. Jake's towel that my wife brought me. She, she's lost it. Uh, it's my baby's bib. I'm not going to use that. But would they, would they know your name? And would they miss you if you moved? I mean... Where is the day when, when the church, the local church, had such an influence in its community that if it did encounter a challenge financially or in its building plans, that the community would actually rally behind it and say, no, 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 you're not moving these people. Please don't move suburbs because if, we, if they're not here, we will miss them. It's at my feet. <laughs> Come on. Um. I'm asking you this question, and it's a question that I have to ask. Yesterday, I walked past my neighbors, and it was four guys, and they pulled out their cars, and they had a mat there, and they put on these, these karate suits, and they did like Brazilian jiu-jitsu right next door. And I could see they brought a couple of drinks, and they were obviously going to celebrate their exercise moment. And so I thought, I'm not really comfortable wrestling with three other men, 2 p.m. in Brisbane, pretty hot, and you're actually putting on this jumpsuit and then wrestling each other. I mean, I love people, 
but that's next level. But isn't that what's required? I mean, it's a connection. I love sport. I want to get fit. These guys are wrestling each other. <laughs> I can see if you're getting excited because then it's your thing. You need to go there. <laughs> I'm asking you this morning just to ask yourself these questions. And the key thought is to make a difference where you are. So local church, if you're a visitor, there's no, there's no pressure on you, but I want to ask this church, do we know the people in our street here? And do they know us? Are, are they aware of our presence? Do we irritate them because we take the parking and we're loud and we sing songs on Sunday mornings? Or, or, or are they excited that we are here and we are their neighbor? They don't have to agree with us, but do we know each other? And so maybe just one of the ways we can express that is to, to walk out of this place today and, and knock on your neighbor's door and offer them that, that morning tea that you should have had when you moved in. Or, or maybe put their bin out for them. Or if they're struggling with their kids, offer to look after their children. Take them a meal. I love it that when we just got here, we met a family for the first time, and, and I think it was seven or eight days later, they delivered Amelia to church that I could take home. And they were here for the first time, and I think, how beautiful is that, that new people come into this place, and they start to contribute and give and partake. And so this is a challenge for all of us. But as we do communion this morning, I want to bring us back, and the team can come on. I want to bring us back to that moment, because it all starts with how you see yourself and what you experience when you look in the mirror. Did we all look in the mirror this morning? I hope you did. <laughs> did you, who brushed their teeth this morning? There's a lot of hands going up. That's great. Who washed their face? Who had a shower? <laughs> you can just keep your hand up. I mean, it's not exclusive terms. Usually they happen together. But often when we look into the mirror, what we see is something that we do not like. The wrinkles, the gray hairs that we attribute to our spouse. When we look into the mirror, we see the pain of yesterday. And we allow it to shape us for tomorrow. What if this morning, as you come and get communion, there's a little mirror that we brought for you. And you're all teachers, you're taking something home today. And you're going to learn from what if, what if this morning before we have communion, we're all going to come out, we're going to grab communion, we're going to reflect on what Christ has done, and then we're going to do a prayer together and you hold that mirror. What if this morning you just ask yourself, God, reveal to me what you see? And I want to ask you this before we do it. Don't look at the things that you be deemed to be wrong, but look into your eyes. Look into your own eyes. That's where you're hiding. Look, look into your own eyes and draw out. Remember what God has placed in you. So please, come and help yourself. Grab communion. Grab a little mirror and we'll have a moment when we reflect together and we take it as a family here this morning. Is that okay? Please make your way to the front. And then we'll pray.